So, so Jay, I got a question for you. I yeah. got a question for you. Yeah, I'm ready. What are you wearing? Uh, shorts and a black T-shirt. Wait, you didn't you didn't dress up? I like to dress up for every episode. Oh, uh, I figure you did the same thing. No, I like to wear no. as little or unwashed. Yeah, I don't, as don't finish that sense. I'm wearing, by the way, black skinny jeans. Oh, and a white patent leather belt. Got myself uh-huh. a nice ironic T-shirt. Great. Mirrored aviator sunglasses. Do a skinny tie on. Skinny tie. Look at yeah. you. Chain, chain you, wallet. You're the stroke. Why, now, why why would I dress this way, my friend? Because you're I dress a this stroke. Way? You're a stroking stroker. Let's hear some music. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Hey, uh, seriously, though, everybody, we listen to records. I'm Jason. I'm Matt. And we like to talk about records that are meaningful for some reason because maybe we thought about them on last week's episode or... I just look down on my pile and go, oh, right, I like that one. Let's talk about it. Or sometimes the records that I've never heard or Matt's never heard, but we think that the other should and maybe somebody else cares too. That's what this show is all about. And I wanted to just, I, I talked about this last week. I uh, like this album. I'm just going to stop there. But, yeah, but what uh, I really liked a whole Jay, lot. Did, what's, what's the name of the podcast, Jay? You say it. You want me to say it? Of course, always. I mean, people want to know what they're listening to. I know, to. I know. You got to do it. We listen to records. Yeah. All right. Now, in, what are we listening to cave. today? Okay, we we're listening to, listen to The Strokes. Is this it? Is this it? There's no question mark, though. Is this it? That's how you pronounce it. Um, but there's no question mark. You're right. It's, it's not a question. Is this it? And, oh, no, hold on. Let me let me pronounce it correctly. Is this it? Yeah, that's more. <laughs> Could you just play play a song? Play play okay, the song. Listen, is this it? Play I the first just track. want to preface this by saying what oh, super Jesus. impressed me about this record was the seven inches that I got, and specifically, let's listen to this home recording of "Is This It." Ready? Uh huh. about that is all the elements are there you can just you just hear how everything was created on like the most lo-fi way i mean this is what well, you I, you you love four tracks and this is recording this is my your, wheelhouse this is yeah. when i went from you know lou barlow everything smog palace brothers everybody uh is lo-fi into like okay the strokes whoa and then sure. I hear this well, stuff, and I go, "Oh my god!" Last this last is episode. how you know. I mean, I mean, I, this is this is where I go. Th- this uh, Julian Casablancas is super fucking talented. He recorded this it, demo 
uh, you know, and all the elements are there. They're all worked out. They just needed to be done uh, like on the next level. But that's that's genius. I mean, when you hear like the uh, those demo pavement things or, or whatever on like demolition plot seven, it's all there. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is like there's there wasn't even an evolution. This was like, boom, here here is. Is this it? And it makes it makes the whole record like that much more amazing to me. Sure. I mean, the reason that we're talking about this record this week is last week we were talking about Deerhoof, which was one of the three that you had put forward. I picked Deerhoof. And I was just thinking about what was in the mainstream at that yeah. time. Yeah. And so the three records that I put out for you to choose from were this one, The White Stripes, and The Killers. Oh, that's oh, I, I didn't right. make that connection last week, I don't think. Yeah. No, it's all. I wanted to kind of stay in the same era, but look at it from a different angle right and like this the strokes for me I, when i i got this the other day and i you know was listening to it in prep for this yeah and i loaded it in and i didn't recognize any of the song titles right oh really well and i was like <laughs> okay. i was like that's weird did i did i pick the wrong record right like yeah you know it did, was is there another one that i should have gone with instead and then as soon as i put it on i knew every lyric right. everything and i realized i never owned this back yeah. in the day it yeah. just you couldn't avoid it Every party you went to, every bar you went to, yeah. every like, you know, whatever, like just hanging out with friends, this thing was always on. So I never actually owned it or had it in rotation. I just, yeah. just couldn't avoid it. You no, know, it was it was everywhere. I, I remember. And being I just in. kept going like, uh, at some point, it's gonna run out of songs that I recognize. And I made it all the way to the end, and I knew the lyrics to every song. I knew every like you know break and baseline, and I was yeah. like, how is this possible for an album I never own? Uh, there is well, there and there is not. There's not a bad track on this record, and and I especially love that this is the opening too. It's like a it's like a weirdly slow track, and 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 the distorted vocals. I mean, uh, right away I'm I'm like, oh, what's going on here? This is interesting, you know. And there's this weird bass line that just drops in, like after this like really basic uh, kick and snare kind of beat. It's great, and 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 look, the the song is. Let me see, how long is this track? I mean, every track is like two minutes long. Yeah, the longest one's a little under four. Right. There's right. like a three fifty eight, yeah. and there's a three. This one's like two thirty or something. I mean, yeah, these are great little pop songs. <laughs> it's how does a band come out of the gate like this? I don't know, and especially uh, being like, and and maybe you did more research on them than than I did, but but everything I ever heard was that like. His dad was like a model agent or something, and like you know, he's, he's you know they lived in New York City. I mean, this was not somebody that, that, that was, was like you know coming up in fucking CBGBs or something. You know what I mean? Well, I remember that was part of the narrative about this band is that they were sort of like had gotten a kickstart from you know what's his name's dad, and they were kind of right. New York hipsters, right. and they were you know some people sort of looked down on them or looked sideways at them as sort of like. You know the next wave of of you know hipster or whatever. That's kind of why I was know, talking about the skinny jeans and the white belts because the the difference between the '90s with the baggy pants and the flannel, and then the 2000s with the skinny jeans and the leather belts. Like this band is one of the two or three that really personified that generational. It literally is a generational change it, from you know Gen X to to you know Gen Y you know millennial blend uh, yeah and, and I wonder how much it is looking back because it, it really kind of did drop out of nowhere especially this uh, 
this uh, video that I remember seeing, and I remember that kind of blew me away too, which uh, that just doesn't happen anymore, I don't think. But no. but hearing is this it and being like, oh, this is really great. Like I remember Tim playing it, a bunch of this record for me, and I was like, this is crazy. And then we, and I think, I mean, it was definitely internet days, but I, can't, I must have seen it on MTV. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Maybe I did see it on YouTube or something. This but is, well, it somebody is. played this video, and I was like, oh, man, these guys are fucking great I mean, we talked because about they this. look like real dirt bags, but also <laughs> like they do have and kind like of a fashion weird model look. dirt bags, though. Yeah, right. Like there was, they were very cool and just fucking dirty. Like I think he's throwing the mic down. Like, sure. like the 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 um the the lip sync performance doesn't match at all. Like, not only did he not give a shit enough to no. really yeah, record I don't know the, the video vocal well enough to talk about it, but but then like he, even recording the video, he was just like, whatever, fuck it. Like they kind of had like a real like, I mean, I don't want to say like Sex Pistols, but but I kind of I kind of remember that sort of. Attitude I just, I anyway mean, of like fuck this. And I was like, but this I, I just great. I remember thinking it was it was all superficial. Yes, but but they were but they were so aware of it, like they they knew enough to do that in a superficial way that was bullshit. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm torn thinking about them now after where we are in 2018 but at the time i I did give them a lot of credit for being like i think these guys are just fucking with everyone and it's awesome i love it it's this this record was huge i mean it's 17 years old now this record was huge it's hard to remember this this record's 17 years old 2001 is um you know, it was huge. It was. It really marked a change. And I and we talked about this with Deerhoof and some other episodes. But like, yeah. the rise of the internet, especially the first few years of the millennium, were you know, hip hop dominated. Rock was mostly over, but not gone yet. Right? You still had big bands like the Killers and these guys and the White Stripes mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. Um, excuse me. And um, well, I remember Interpol. Being well, huge let me finish that thought. Though. Yeah, Interpol okay. was huge at yeah. the same time. And so there was, like, still a lot of rock going on. There was still a hint of, like, MTV and television promoting stuff before the internet yes. really fractured all that. Yes. So these guys sit in that in in the declining era of, like, where a single band could dominate in, yeah. in any yeah. way. Um, and at the same time, they're sort of the end of rock and roll in its dominant period. They're the end of... They're, like, trying to stay away from grunge but referencing, you know, punk and all that stuff. Like, it's but just a really kind of, weird period. And they are kind of grunge in like a weird kind of, yeah, like like a New York runway kind of way. It's, I mean, what I just, like about just a their weird sound combo. is, what I like about their sound is actually, in, in a lot of ways, how minimal it is. It's yes. just a nice, clean bass line. Yes. This sort of staccato, crunchy guitar, a really easy drum line underneath. Yeah. And then, you know, his voice, his vocals are just great on top of it. It's really clean. I mean, there's nothing special about this. It's funny. Every... It's, it's, it, for the time, it was really refreshingly minimal yeah. and refreshingly yeah. sort of just like, hey, we got guitars and a mic and we're doing something fun. I, I think, again, that speaks to honestly how brilliant this record is to be able to, you know, to come out of the gate like... I, I don't know like I guess like a Neil Young with just an acoustic guitar or something and just go yep this is what I'm doing we just have like bass drums and guitar and I'm, I'm I have you know and uh, the other story goes that he 
all the distortions were different on all the tracks. And mm-hmm. then basically, they used to rehearse with just him and his shitty practice amp turned up to 11. And that's how they were like, well, we're used to that. So we're just going to record the vocals that way for the whole record. Sure. Which I think is, uh, is amazing, too, like uh, that they made that choice. They made a lot of choices on this record that are unconventional. And thank God someone was, was just like, I'm going to leave this alone. It just needs to be like tight tighter in certain areas but like that's your choice these shitty you know the little crunchy vocals and then like you know this this sort of okay leave it don't don't touch it i mean thank god because it's I mean, one of the perfect I, it's a one perfect of the things I record think about when when we talk about records on the show is longevity um you know some of the records yeah. we talk about like you know are just just as good and amazing and fresh today as they were when they came out mm, mm. and then some records you hear them and you're just like oh this is 2001 right or yeah. you know, oh this well, is okay so where does this where, where does this fit for you this one for me i can see like, both sides of that this one coin. for me when it came on i was like oh it's it's 2001 2002 yeah. Again. yeah 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 like it's 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 really stuck there for me. I don't. Right. I haven't listened to it much since. I don't hear it on, you know, I listen to the radio, but I don't hear it in movies or in pop culture. It, it doesn't, like, live on in that way that right. some songs or records do. Like, the Pixies just, you know, have this oh, life yeah, forever. Yeah. They're just in movies, and they're in this thing. And they're just the Pixies now. But I don't feel like the Strokes attained that level of, like, mainstream consciousness that people have maintained this sound or this album as something other than so so in that way it just sort of sits early 2000s sound this sort of moment that's that's my take yeah no i hear you it was kind of an anomaly and and i know people like to point back to like oh television and maybe like you know the late 70s kind of but i I don't honestly get that any of that from from the strokes i think people i think people are reaching for something because it was such a like 180 from everything else that was happening and uh, I, I don't know I mean I, I really can't find a reference point for two, in 2001 that makes any sense you know what I mean sure I'm just reading this interesting thing um, this album had to be uh, re-released oh from yeah the- uh, after 9-11 because yes. there's New York, City, New York City Cops yes. that they, they replaced. They <laughs> Which were I love, by the way. I think it's that's a great song. Like, New York City Cops <laughs> ain't too bright. It's it's just another, like, great, like, fuck you to everything. Sure. And that's a bit, for a first record and being this huge, that was a big fuck you yeah. as, like, a band from New York, like, saying that about... I mean, New York City Cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, it's the thing. But I also rich, I, rich, pandered white. You know, like uh, rich white kids uh, can get away with. Kinda. I think. Well, they can get away with it. Yeah, but I mean, I think like I still think it was. I don't know. They, they did some things that were pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, they made a lot of choices that were like, geez, these, these guys are not fucking around I mean, in some it ways. It is. It is impossible to overstate how much 9-11 affected everything yeah well, like like yeah. think about it they literally this nothing of a pop band from the early 2000s changed their album yeah. because of you know i mean think of what happened to the, well uh, what was that country band like just like like it just it spread out in so many ways that were not even political it just it right. was ev- everything was affected and i feel like 
there was sort of a timeline in the four or five years after that horrible event that like music changes and culture changes and there was a generational shift happening and the internet is coming into being and like you know all of that stuff was just kind of throwing everything into limbo and you know that's that's where this album sits for me yeah right yeah yeah it's yeah that's weird to think about that happening after weird um yeah, I mean, let's, I let's listen to a song. We yeah, listen to which records, one? dude. Fucking which one do we do uh, now? I want to hear uh, uh, Barely Legal. Why not? Track four. It's <laughs> the first one I looked okay, at. Okay, hold on. Actually, hold on. Here it is. Yeah, why not? The, the barely Legal. Let's uh, I didn't take no
All right. So. Listen, listen. The thing about the Strokes that I was thinking about during that song was that shit. I lost it. Fuck. You talk. <laughs> you talk. Well, I think the title "Barely Legal" makes me laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. It, it, this, I mean, among a million other things that don't really happen anymore, I remember taking a road trip with you and a bunch of our friends and stopping to get gas. And do you remember how gas stations used to have a magazine rack and the whole top oh, would be pornography yes. magazines? Yes. And "Barely Legal" was the one that I, I was always just like, that. It's it's just like it's just so wrong and gross and weird. Yes. Yes. And, but then it also kind of became this more like in the time this more generalized pop culture thing for just any like young woman like sexualized or not and and fashion industry and all this stuff so this song is just kind of like about corrupting a young woman or the desire to corrupt a young woman i just it's just sort of of its time and gross but like it was less gross then i guess yeah you, you know, know well you know what i kind of get out of I think that they had a lot of, they're coming out of the gate with a lot, they want to have a lot of attitude. They have this look down, they have like, fuck New York City cops, you know, there's a little bit of misogyny in some of the tracks, but I I think that they just uh, have this like, and it's it's hard to defend now. I I don't know, there's a little bit of that like punk rock, we don't give a fuck happening like with let, let's face it like with license to ill or something that's just like yeah we're fucking retarded and young and we don't give a shit and we're making this up as we go and but but that's exactly what this record is to me there's no there's nothing like thought out or mature or like really well, and, uh I mean, you know i've talked a lot about about being this record. an art school professor i've talked a lot about being an art school professor and and at the time that this record came out, I had finished grad school and I was in my first year uh, teaching at art school. I was teaching at the museum school in Boston, okay. which is where I had gone as an undergrad. So I'd left, I'd been gone for like four or five years, came back and I was teaching there. And man, every fucking hipster dude was wearing the skinny jeans and listening to the strokes. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, it was like pervasive. And yeah. it also was like, um, it was very on trend. It was very not underground but it was like what the indie kids the art kids did they all dressed like these guys and everybody loved the strokes and it was like it was everywhere yeah. but it, it really did have that yeah in the same way that like Nirvana was kind of immature yes. or Ramones were kind of immature or Black yes. Flag was kind of immature like this was a far more mellow far more listenable version of that but I really do think for like the art boys this was their like early 2000s thing yeah, it's funny now that you mentioned Nirvana. I, that's that's what I was trying to remember when I when I couldn't in the last break. Is that they they do do remind me of Nirvana in that way? Like the this this vision is so tight and you know specific and like idiosyncratic to this individual and their experience. But also you have like a lot of similar things going on where like the lyrics are kind of throwaway and they're distorted and they're a little bit mumbled in places. I don't know what he's singing about. And when I do, it's just like, hey, there's a party. Fuck you. You didn't talk to me. Like just like, you know, like really just like, like uh, juvenile kind of, you know, bullshit 
that I you're thinking mean, about, and 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 that that to me reminds me of Nevermind. Sure, a lot. Well, this this I'm I'm definitely about to get into like old man get off my lawn territory here. Uh, okay. But like there was a cultural shift from Gen X to you know what we call the millennials now or Gen Y. Yes. Um, that was much more materialistic. They were they are and were much less sort of rebellious. And they were much more like consumer driven. Mm. And the strokes for me have always, you know, because they're like fashion models and right. coming out of like New York, you know, like runway culture and all right. that stuff. Right. And like the fact that the rebellious hipster underground indie music is also like totally associated with sort of consumer capitalism. Yeah. Seemed to me um, more than anything else, I think the biggest philosophical shift from the 90s to the early 2000s in terms of like. The expect you know the killers are another example of that where it's like, you know, and I, I don't really know how to explain it other than just like, as as a entirely as a culture we moved into a much not much more consumer based but I just think it was looked down on in the nineties to be consumerist and capitalist in a well, way I just think in the early two thousands it was like totally okay to be like a hipster indie strokes guy and also buy a five thousand dollar leather jacket like those things were not incompatible. Uh, you know, I, I wonder because there was so much talk about you're, you're selling out, you're a sellout, your band's a sellout. Like I, I in think the that 90s. was, that was over by then though. Yeah, no, no, the I'm 90s, saying, yeah. I'm saying in the nineties in grunge in in you know, post punk. Well, right. That was the, rock, that was like the, right? uh, the, the, yes. the, the self policing to keep sure that everybody was like, you know, keeping it real, well, and it's, keeping it authentic and whatever. Right. I think that there was a lot of gatekeeping going on with like, that's our scene. And if anybody else finds out about it, well, then fucking they sold out and they put a track here or there. Whereas, like, I wonder if when we move into the early 2000s, you know, you have like, okay, let's put these together. We have, like, Strokes, Franz Ferdinand, Interpol. Like, these are the bands I'm thinking of all together. The Killers, right? White Stripes. Yeah, White Stripes to some extent. And Um, and from them, I I get we... Sparta. We are super aware of white stripes are a great example. We're going to wear red and white. We're, we're super aware of our brand and we're on brand and we're going to like push this vision that we have the strokes. Yeah. They, they're well aware of no, like, I guess, what they I guess are. that's what it is about the strokes is like the band itself and their authenticity or not. I don't, it gets wrapped up in the fact that you could go to Urban Outfitters and buy an outfit and look like a guy from The Strokes, right? You could get that off the shelf as a commoditized item. I think that was that was the thing that really was like, like, detracted from me from this this thing because it was, it was you know, it it was glamour and pop and it was you know. Like, sure. No, I, I, you know, it's funny because with, with Interpol too, like, you know, you, you go, oh, well that's, you know, like Joy Division for the 2000s. Right, Not right. really. It's, it's like, this is a band who's like aware of what they're trying to do and they're doing it really successfully. But it doesn't have to, they're not depressed. They're not like, like I don't get it coming from the same, like just hopeless place in any way. Sure. The same way that I don't get the strokes and television. I don't put them in, in the same category because, you know, television was this band that were just like kind of taking it back to roots, kind of bridging this weird like punk new wave sort of thing that was happening in New York, but also going back to basics 
in like kind of a like maybe Richard Hell way, mm-hmm. and uh, and just like grinding it out night after night at Maxwell's or wherever, and not like ever expecting to get anywhere. Whereas you know in the early two thousands, you just have this other atmosphere of like we know what we want to be and we're going to go for it. And that's why we're writing songs, barely legal and New York city cops and shit like that. Maybe that's what it is that gets me about the strokes is that lack of like history of grinding it out. Like any other band that we've talked about in this podcast, more or less is like, there's five years of black flag before they even meet Henry Rollins or, you know, just traveling, hitting shows, you know, just Nirvana's like slow, climb out of the basement into the spotlight etc right the pixies just doing basement shows in boston and you know dorm room shows and whatever and it's like the strokes just go from like you know daddy's penthouse apartment to the cover of rolling stone overnight it just it just i think that's maybe what gets me a little bit oh oh, fuck yes matt there's that, that, that lack of earned Fame, I guess. There's, there's, they paid no dues. They paid zero dues. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's and it I'm pisses saying. everyone off. But you know what? He's fucking so talented. Ready? Listen to this. Let's listen to this again. Ready? Hold Which on one second. This? Sorry, we're going to listen to "Alone Together." The demo. Great song. Great song. As long as it fucking doesn't load up here, I'm going to shut my. Okay. Oh shit. Well, I can't. Here's the thing. I can't have seven inches on my turntable and reach over and fucking play them all right ready here it is all right we're gonna listen to some records real turntable records was a seven inch demo yeah that's the b side that's the b side of the the this is it a side so which was also a demo yeah and it's like you know what that song reminded me of actually also from the same era the way the the bass and guitar played with each other is the yeah yeah yes yeah yeah sure see they i wish they would have come up that way because well, for me personally, I could re- relate to them and take them more seriously. I think looking back in 2018, it is hard not to remember that stuff and and dismiss them. You know, sure. as as much as even when I re-listen, I go, "Oh, this is this is really 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 great songwriting." And listening to those demos again, this is just brilliant brilliant stuff. And you know what? Sometimes I guess you don't need to 
and uh, I don't know, but I just yeah. I, I just hate that idea. And, and yeah, the, all the other backstory shit just makes me want to hate them, but I can't, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I can't. So, I can't. So I can't hate this record. I want to. Yeah, I don't want I, to. No, I, don't I, want to, I, I, I completely I agree like with it. you on that one. I really like want to write this off as like a yes, flash that's in the pan, fluke yes. band. These guys yes. came out of nowhere. They had a lot of money. They yes. were super stylish, right. you know, trendy, whatever. It's a great record. And honestly, I think there's two it tracks is. on this record that are probably head and shoulders okay. above the oh, rest. Oh, I know I wanna, which one I'm going to say. I want to play out. I want to end this episode with Last Night. Let's save that one. Yes, but I'd love I know. To, I'd love to Ooh. listen to Someday. Oh, that's not even the one I'm thinking of. Oh, what are you thinking of? Let's listen to Someday for a second, all right? Sure, and then there we'll listen go. to the one you're thinking of. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. This is a great little intro to a song. Yeah. I still always stand together and fall apart, yeah, I think I'll be alright, I'm working so I won't have to try so hard, tables they turn sometimes. And I think what's so great about this track, yeah, I mean he kicks it off, they kick it off I should say, with sort of lounge inspired sound almost there's like maybe a little kind of a bossa nova hint in there or something <laughs> yeah, okay. but then there's like really the way that the the vocals are mixed and they're like they're like overdriven and then pulled back yeah yeah um it it really flattens everything yeah vocally. yeah right 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 but then after the bridge and the transition where it's suddenly like where everything kicks up he yeah. gets these like really sort of climbing, soaring, beautiful vocal moments. He does. Where like the affect was so flat. And then suddenly he's like, No, 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 I can push this. I can do this. And and you know, it's just a really nice, elegant way of subverting your expectations within this song where he kind of sets up these like these layered sounds and then vocally he just pulls you out of it. The music doesn't really change all that much stylistically, but right. he just is like, No, I'm doing this whole other sort of like like lounge singer blues inspired thing like it's great it's really yeah, yeah. it's interesting i mean it's, it takes a lot of talent to recognize the need to pull your vocals out and up and yes out. yes yes that's what i mean by like uh just i mean as much as you could say oh yeah they had all these you know advantages and whatever they still got everything right and that's fucking hard. I mean, we're talking about like a film, right? You can have the, a great script, great, you know, every great cast, everything, but like the editing doesn't come together. It's garbage. 
and right. and everything still has to fall in line perfectly even if you have like you know these actors and whatever and you have all these advantages nobody else has and that's what happened here i mean this is like this is like a 2001 or you know fucking the shining or something sure. of of two, of of early 2000 <laughs> like indie rock 2001 it's a 2000 what so <laughs> yes. so when i said there's there's two standout tracks like I said, oh, I think yeah, we should yeah, have yeah. last night. But you, oh, I, oh, a different no. one for than me. Someday in your life. Oh God, this track! I remember listening to this just forever. I think it's hard to explain. See, that's the thing. I don't really that's know the track. Tra- I don't know the names of them either. But if yeah. this is the one I'm thinking of, oh yeah, because there's this like drum machine intro. Fucking love this. For as as big of a sound as they're as they're getting here, it's still like you're saying really basic. And I'm really it's like that kind of Ramones thing of like they're all downstrokes. Like on the guitar, it's like and it's just like all just power picking kind of you know like there's no like delicate kind of things happening. It's just like grind these chords out as quickly as possible and all in a row and only change twice <laughs> it's like man and uh, but it doesn't it doesn't have that like it's not punk it's not it's just doing it in a yeah like you're saying like sort of a well, loungy I, I, way or something i don't know i've been as we listen i've been comparing it to two episodes ago where we talked about husker do's warehouse oh yeah right which in a lot of ways is very similar, right? You yeah, kind of got yeah. like a, a pounding drum line, this elegant, you know, bass line that seems to have a mind of its own, and then kind of like a relatively thin guitar piece over the top of it. But the difference between who's could do and the strokes is a thousand miles apart. I mean Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean this is so poppy. It it's pop music. Yeah. Using right. like the wrong tools for pop music. The only way I yeah. can really describe it. No, it's true. It's true. It it's it's like a, it's an as it's trying it's it's fighting itself a little bit, and that ends up being great. Right. Like it's trying to not be as slick as it is, which I think works to its advantage. It's really trying to say like, oh, we're just garbage. We're just a bunch of shit. <laughs> you're not. Do you really think that that's what they're trying to say? Uh, yes, that's what that's the image. That's what they're going for. You know what okay. I mean? But but failing miserably. See, I I never got them as as going for. I mean, now we're now we're talking about image and style, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I never got them as going for that. I got them as going for like the runway model, fancy, expensive version of the Ramones, right? I got them going as like high fashion magazine stylized shitty guys i, I got them shitty guys. i got them as the colin farrell like britney spears era colin farrell where they're like we have everything we're still falling down in the street drunk breaking shit fucking up our limo 
yeah, it, shitting like, our pants like, at the end of the to, night. Yeah, that's like but <laughs> that's disgusting. But that's fucking like creeps. Brett Kavanaugh shitty. It's like white school, uh, like prep school shitty. I guess yeah. I do see them as like going to like a prep school for sure. I mean, yeah. like those are the those are the care. Like, I mean, if you, you cast know. like the OC combined with like Jersey Shore, right? These guys I could don't know. totally have been on the OC, <laughs> and it would have been fun. Like the, well, like but the, they would have like the, trashed the, the kids set with or the something. white baseball caps. Sure, and the, and all the like jocks in the white baseball caps and the sneakers would be like, yeah, that's awesome. Right? Yes. 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 It's not. Yes. It's not a. Sex Pistols, people hate no. you and you're trashing things to like make right. a political statement. It's exactly, like, exactly. I'm trashing this thing because that's what you do because it's on trend now. And, and that's what that's what I think I'm saying about the the 90s. Don't fucking sell out, you jerk. To uh, you're pretending to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Sure. That's where I think that shift is from the 90s to the 2000s. Just so we're clear. Yes. Many people may pretend. I am always authentic. <laughs> um, all right, so let's round asshole. this thing out. Do you uh, let's listen to one more track and then we'll okay. hit the disclaimer and all that stuff. Well, what do you want to? What well, do you want to hit up? Do you? Well, uh, oh, so you, okay. I think we should play out the show on last night. Okay, all right, let's do. Let's do take it or leave it. I like that one, right? Oh, cool. Let's do sure. it. Let's do it. This is the last track on the album. Right? Yes, yes. And I do think they're they got good advice. I think they're trying to end strong, right? This is yeah. for them a, a rocker. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got a got a killer drum beat. Um, ironically, I think their attempts to 
rock actually kind of suck. Like, like like this like this track. This this, this guitar piece is so weak. It Turn is. It yeah. of when I got my first electric guitar as a kid <laughs> and I wanted to sound like, you know, Nirvana and Metallica yeah, or whatever, yeah. but I didn't have any effect pedals. Right, yeah. So I was just slamming on the E string and, the, you know, trying to get a noise that sounded like metal, but it just sounded like, you know, an, right. <laughs> an electric guitar with no effects on it. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, and, and that's kind of cool. There's something, I think it works better for them earlier in this record. I think when they actually get close to rocking out, and it's so clear that they're not equipped for that, that I find interesting, that I find challenging. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm also thinking about where they went from here with, um, what the fuck, Room on Fire, which I don't really remember. And then First Impressions of Earth, I think they were just done. I think that's where I ended. I'm, I honestly, like I said, I never owned any of their albums. Yeah. I only know... I know this one front to back because it just was. It was around, yeah. At yeah. all, like you just couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this wasn't a band I followed or like no. really, you know, made a big deal out of. I just, I mean, I liked this album. I love this album, but I don't. It wasn't like enough to convince me to become a Strokes head for life. <laughs> here. What do you think their fan base is called? The Strokies? Do you think there's oh, like still Who people cares? wandering around now with like white leather belts, like? No, but I see those tour. I see those T-shirts every once in a while, and I think that they're a little bit ironic at this point. I don't think anybody's well, actually. Thing. Yeah, I mean, this was the band that made the ironic T-shirt and the ironic sunglasses trendy. I don't know, you know, man. I'm just the more the more we're talking about them, and I'm thinking about this record with all that other shit. I'm just getting. I'm just feeling gross, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Like well, I, I have to separate this from all that to from make the, it good. The pop culture, stuff. which is no, it's know, true. And if you just listen to it as an album, you don't know any of the like music video, right. magazine covers, fashion bullshit, right. you know, right. celebrity stuff that went along with them. You're like, damn, it's a great record. It um, is. Speaking of it being a great record, uh, we don't own the rights to this, and you know, we're just here to talk about the music. So, um, if anybody uh, thinks that. We should take this down. Um, we're happy to. We don't need to involve lawyers or lawsuits. We're giant babies. We'll just roll over and make it disappear off the internet forever. All you got to do is let us know that you're sad, and we'll take it down. Jay, how do people get in touch with us? Uh, at we listen to one, number two, number one, or records at HarveyLovesHarvey.com. There's also a uh, uh, some Google phone number I put in the notes. If anybody sure. wants to call that, leave a message. So at we listen to one on Twitter or yes. records at harveylosshargate.com. There's a phone number that you can find in the show notes. You can also follow us on Instagram, sure. which is where we announce new shows and mini episodes. And uh, Jason posts pictures of you know records and stuff. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Um, if you want to go back to 2004 and be cool, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Um, all right, that's the disclaimer. That's the stuff. So, Jay, yeah. last week I put out three records, and you picked this one. So this week it is your turn okay. to put out three records for me to choose from, and I will pick what we will be listening to next week. Okay. Uh, these aren't really based on anything except that I sort of saw them recently as I was unpacking shelves of records during my move. Oh yeah, um, how is the mo- how is the move going, buddy? Great. 
got all the records unpacked. Well, the records are fine, yeah. The rest of the sure. place needs some yeah, work. Yeah, the, the four-year-old sleeping on the floor in a cardboard box, but the records, they're they're in good shape. Come on, okay. it's not that bad. He will okay. he'll appreciate it later. No, it builds Sorry, toughen them up. Builds, yeah, you know, just you got to let them know what you value. The records. And then the I did get Walter into um, Weird Al for his birthday, oh, basically, which is is kid. awesome. Yeah, I got him. Uh, what's that? Um, he loves fat now. It's all he sings. <laughs> I know. And I told him we we have to sing that in private at home. We can't. Dude, when I can't was go in around sixth grade, that. I won some competition <laughs> where I got a seven inch of Weird Al oh, covering God. Michael Jackson as fat. Jesus. But then I got in trouble for singing it in the cafeteria. Yeah, I bet. Because I, I don't bet. think the school administrators knew what they were giving. Oh, me. stupid. And uh, and then we got into Eat It and Yoda and I mean just I bought Greatest Hits for his birthday and um, and that even worse record so he's All been right, listening so to those. Give me three choices. <laughs> well, so that you, me, and our audience know what we're listening okay, to. Okay, so uh, what's on the turntable, buddy? I do want to, and these are all records we should get to at some point. I guess that's the point. But anyway, I want to talk about T-Rex. I don't know if you know him or know that record at all. It's one of those bands that I know I should know. I know that album cover with the big hat. Yes, Slider. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one one you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I I couldn't come up with a song or a sound even, but I, I do know the record cover. So that one would be a total, you know, new one for me. Cool. Well, we have to cover him at some point. Um, I also want to do, uh, oh, um, Shellac. I don't think we've talked about Steve Shellac, Albini. Steve Albini, except, uh, Trainer, Bob Weston. Fuck yeah. I saw them live in Chicago with Fugazi a million years ago. Okay. Who opened for who? It was The X opened, and then it was Shellac. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The X? Opened, the opened, and then Shellac, Shellac. Was, and then Fugazi was the headliner. That's but a wow, Fugazi shit. only played tracks from their last album, uh, the what was it called? The Which Argument. Okay. But the Argument hadn't been released yet, so nobody in the crowd had heard it. So people just kept shouting, "Play Waiting Room" and like uh, throwing shit at the stage. Fuck. Um, but yeah, that was uh, so the X opened, and then God was, damn. Uh, Shellac, and then. Uh, well, that's yeah. amazing. So, at Action Park was my and then, and then uh, Shellac and Fugazi brought out two drummers and you know all of their band members, and they did like a twenty-minute-long version of Terraform, which was pretty cool. Wow, that's nuts. So, okay, so Shellac at Action Park, love that album. Yeah, uh, that first track is very challenging to talk about. Um, it's called "My Black Ass." If we want to cover that's that true. album, well, but it does. I love the Squirrel song. Okay, so that would be a great one. So that's number two. So number one is T Rex. Number two is Shellac. What's number three? Yeah, at Action Park, I think was like my my entry point to Shellac, and I just remember that sounding like so different and crazy to me at the time. And I was like, just just on headphones or wherever, I was like, this is unbelievable. Um, and then, of course, uh, I want to talk about uh, Slint Spiderland, which oh, wow. I have a feeling might be. I mean, that is a. I mean, that's one a record. That's a two-hour episode. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Is one, it though? Because it's sort of like everything. I mean, I don't know that I have anything else to say other than like that documentary is fucking fantastic. Yeah. So and I, the thirty three and third book. Right. If uh, if you're listening to this, and you know, um, you should definitely watch the documentary called Breadcrumb Trail. Which I don't know how you see it. It came you. It came in the box set. Yeah, but I mean, like everything else these days, just search it on YouTube or Vimeo. It's on there. I'm sure. I'm positive. All right. 
So my choices are T-Rex, Shellac, or Slint. Yes. Ouch. This is a tough one, man. Well, um, I mean, it isn't, it isn't. It I can, isn't, ar- I can already tell we just you can't put Slint in anything and not, uh, at least for you me. Know, uh, you know. and I saw them live on the reunion tour. Yeah, it's got to be Slint. I mean, what else are we going to... I think it, <laughs> I, know. I think it was mean to even really put anything else. Yeah, it's like now, now that I say, you know, yeah, no, <laughs> seriously. All right, so Spiderland, like, here, here, awesome. Here are three beers, like a really delicious beer, a really delicious beer, and like an amazing, you know. Right. Anyway, right. Yeah, I was gonna. That metaphor did not go anywhere. People, well, don't, don't take that as representative sample of my metaphor. Like, here, have some ability. really cool beers or this. Amazing bottle of scotch, or yeah, or some like something. Yeah, let's stop this entire conversation. Who Um, cares? Slint, one of the most influential bands of all time. You know, I I think that for me, that's what this is about, right? You know what I want this show really to be about is like, is not like, oh, hey, let's listen to every track and go through it or whatever. It's basically like when when somebody listens to, for example, the episode with Slint, I just want it to be like a little taste enough for you to go, oh, yeah, I need to listen to that again. And as soon as you're done listening to us ramble on about these random things, you go, yeah, I'm going to go listen to the album. Like, that's what I want this to be. I don't want this to be like uh, any sort of oh, yeah. authoritative There's so many albums that or informative to that just even. have gone into my regular rotation. Yeah. Like I think That's I, what may, I, mean. I may pop the strokes back into rotation for a bit. Just you Yeah, know, I mean I'm nice. glad I revisited it. I'm glad I revisited Mellow Gold. I'm glad I revisited I mean I gotta tell you, know, you I put Who Screw Do back in rotation. Yeah, I don't think it's coming yeah. out for another decade. But it does Some make stuff. me it does kind of put a bookend on things. Like a great example was uh, was Gish was like, oh yep. right, okay, yes, done. Yeah. The end. Don't need to listen to this again. No. And that's what this should be about too. So anyway. All right. So friends, go out, get a copy of Spiderland by <laughs> if you already know this album. Yes. Then they have. You're it. doing backflips and everybody's it. happy and you know what's coming next week. There if you, you don't know this album. I feel so lucky for you because you get to listen to one of the greatest albums of all time for the first time. I wish I could go yeah, back. Yeah, but nobody can tell anybody for that. For, I don't know. It's, what? It's, it's tough. This, this is something I guess we'll have to get into. I, I don't think you could ever have anyone listen to anything with that kind of a, a um, intro. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's um, the greatest band of all time. I mean, I have a podcast listen. about music. I kind of have to talk about the records, you know. I use words. No, no. Sometimes, some of them are like hyperbolic. You know, sometimes I, I had things up. I'm just, I'm saying like, I don't honestly know how I would. Okay. For example, some of the younger people in the offices that I work at, if they have not heard of Slint, I honestly don't know how to approach them to say, this is a very important record you need to listen to. Maybe that's all you need to say. Maybe that's all I should say. But no, it's, it's sort of it's like, like if, I if don't like, know how to tell you how important this is without you either it becoming bad because I've m- made this too amazing. Because here's the thing, right, a lot, a lot like Psycho, for example, sure, everybody or, or Reservoir Dogs or, or Pulp Fiction, right? Everybody like those movies are not as great as they were when they came out because they've been appropriated by everyone and everything 
So their impact, watching them 30 years later, is, you know, whatever. Honestly, Pulp Fiction is not so great when you watch it now. It's really not. But it's the fact that it's been so copied and so That's the thing. And, and that's so what I worry. Reference. That's what I worry about with, with Spider-Land, to be honest. Well, I know it's great. The, uh, I know uh, how incredible uh, it is. But coming to it coming out of to nowhere. New, sure. I think what you and I are going to do next week is we're going to listen to it because we listen to records. And we're going to talk about it, and we're going to make the case that, in my mind at least, it still holds up. It's still important. It's still incredibly valuable. And we can take well, a, that's take not a little time to, to trace you know, its lineage. I mean, it's got a weird lineage. Um, yes, yeah. But okay. So, friends and family, uh, we listen to records. This has been the Strokes episode. Next week, we're listening to Slint. Jay, why don't you play us out on Last Night, the big hit from this record? Last Night. Last Night. Yeah. Wow.
did he just say spaceships? I don't. They don't understand. <laughs>